Hello, and welcome to the Box in One podcast, a podcast discussing sports and culture through the lens of the gospel. My name is John Richards, and I'm your co-host today, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Chris Lassiter and Jeremy Hartman. Welcome to the Box in One podcast. This is episode number 15, and I am joined today by my co-host, C. Lass, a.k.a. Chris Lassiter, and what Jay up? Hart. My boy, Jeremy Hartman. What's up, dude? What's up, fellas? Man, let's get right to it, man. I'm amped about this first topic because all three of us are NBA fans, no doubt. And last week, the schedule came out. The NBA schedule came out. And, you know, a lot of people don't get too excited about that. But I'm one of the people who do because I look for games and I look for games that I want to watch, make sure they're on national TV. And I just wanted to just touch base with you guys and, and see, hey, what games are you looking forward to seeing this year? Or even what teams are you looking forward to seeing play after looking at the schedule come out last week? What's cracking? What do you think, Jay Hart? Well, you know, I'm always looking forward to the Christmas Day games. Um, you always look forward to the big matchups like Golden State and Cleveland. You always look forward to Golden State and OKC now that Kevin Durant left. Um, one of the ma- well, one of the games I'm just looking forward to is opening night for my Lakers, uh, just to see what happens with that and Luke Walton's debut. Um, but I can pretty much watch any NBA game. Um, I usually just look at the schedule the day of and see what's coming on TV or what might catch my eye or if there are certain players that I want to see. Um, like Ben Simmons, I want to watch his first game. I'm sure that'll be on somewhere. So I'd like to check that out as well. But, I mean, I can watch pretty much any NBA game. Um, usually what happens is I turn the game on in the first quarter. I fall asleep through quarters two and three and wake up in the fourth quarter, um, unless it's a playoff game. So I should be good. You are officially an old man. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, yeah, I'm, brother. I don't, I don't watch the games anymore. Sometimes they watch me. <laughs> the Lakers are playing Houston opening night, correct? In LA. So uh what do you got, man? You think they're gonna stop the beard? Uh they're gonna take an L probably. Um I you know, I hope. I hope that Brandon Ingram comes out. I hope D'Angelo Russell comes out and plays well, but um I am not one of these fans that thinks we're gonna make this huge run to the playoff playoffs. I'm not like a delusional Redskins fan that think they're gonna win the Super Bowl every year. I'm realistic. We got a long way to go. We got to build. Uh, we got no free agent signings. Like we're gonna have to do this the old-fashioned way. So I'm just, I'm excited to watch the young kids play and see what Luke Walton does. But other than that, I have no high expectations for them. So we got a non-committal answer there. Um, he thinks they're gonna take the L though. So we like that. We appreciate that. Lakers might go 0 and 82, first team in the history of the NBA. You heard it here first from Jay Hart. Yeah. See last. You'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't worse than the Cavs without LeBron. No can't, way. Can't. can't. All right. Be. So, look, I mean, Jay Rich might want to close his ears for my answer. But um, everything, everything on paper. And again, let me go on record again and saying I was not a fan of that Kevin Durant to Golden State move. Um, not only just I don't like the way that it happened. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to work effectively. But given all things being equal, you got to make them to uh, the Cavs, 
Golden State, your odds on favorites to represent both of their respective conferences in the finals. And this will be the third year. And um, this will be the third year they uh, meet in the finals. So I think that would be absolutely incredible. And I think the Durant addition would then be like exciting. So I'm excited to see the like the matchups that they do in the regular season just to see how they could possibly pair up um, come June. Good stuff, man. So I got two games I want to highlight right quick. The first one is opening night, obviously, for the Spurs. And you know who they are playing? The Golden State Warriors, the new look Golden State Warriors. I can't be, I can't be any happier about that. Seeing the new KD playing in his first game in Golden State against my boys with the new and improved Spurs. I wouldn't say improved, but the new look Spurs with Pau Gasol in the pivot now. No longer my boy Tim Duncan. So I'm I'm intrigued by that matchup. It should be a good opening night game. It's at 9.30 my time. That's going to be rough. Jay Hart, I'm in the old man club too, so Hopefully, man, I can get that nap beforehand and uh, check out the game. <laughs> the kids don't let you get naps, man. Not at all, man. They don't care. They they brutal. They are brutal. And then our first home game against the Pelicans, man. I feel like when I watch Anthony Davis, I'm looking at Tim Duncan, like the Redux. So having him come into San Antonio without Duncan there and having to play the Pelicans there is going to be – I'm going to have a moment, man. I might have a moment there just watching that game. So you guys, man, just you know, keep me prayed up, man. And I, don't, I don't like uh, the Pelicans guard play. I don't either, man, but they have Anthony Davis, dude. It's just – it's so great seeing him play basketball. Like he's, I don't like the Pelicans guard play. <laughs> <laughs> that You're was, not getting me over that point, fam. They're horrible. You're right. They are terrible. But they did get rid of uh, your boy, right? Eric Who's Gordon? That? Eric Gordon? Listen, fam. They were paying him like $15, 20000000 million to be a bum. I respect everybody who made it to the league. Like, you can play if you made it to the league. I do not like watching their guards play. Fam. <laughs> like, Jay Hart say, oh, like, there's not really bad NBA basketball. Like, I can watch anything. I can't watch Pelican guard play. They're terrible. You might as well go ahead and uh, try out, man, see if you can get on that squad. I saw you in the gym the other day. That ain't go so well, bro. <laughs> I know you can listen. I know you can outdo Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans. They got Buddy Hill uh, though. We'll see what's going on with him. I don't know, bro. That that Jim. Sorry, man. I'm not away. trying to sell the Pelicans. I'm sorry. They're they're horrible. Their guard play is horrible. Now, so I got this from from Bill Simmons. I think it's a cool concept. He talks about the team he would love to see play all the time on League Pass. Like if he had League Pass for one team, what who would that team be or what would that team be? I have one team in mind. I'm not sure if you guys have thought about this or if you had, if I gave you the opportunity to buy you a league pass for one team and not the Lakers, Jay Hart, don't do that. Just a team that intrigues you. Who, what team would it be? I mean, I'm interested to hear what you say. Uh, I'm going first on that one, Jay. I don't want you to steal my answer. Milwaukee. Got to be Milwaukee's got to be the answer. Oh, they got no. all the young pieces. No, thank you. Why Milwaukee, though? I mean, they got young pieces, but what, what intrigues you about the team? They're young. There's plenty of young teams in the league. Philadelphia. Why they're moving Sixers? a 6'11 forward to point guard. They got young pieces. They got a young coach, and they got an intriguing story. So I like them. 
Okay, that's good. That's good. What about you, Jay Hart? Well, you just kind of threw my answer out there. I was going to say Philly um, just to see what the Sixers do, if we can actually trust the process, um, just to see what happens with that. Ben Simmons might have 30 turnovers a game this year. Jay Hart, them cheesesteaks going through your head, bro. Nobody wants to watch Philadelphia all year. Like, I would want to watch just so I can see the development of Ben Simmons. Because you know there are going to be some nights where he's going to do some stuff. And you're like, wow, did he really just do that? Like, that's some amazing stuff. Um, But you know you got to watch the other eight players in the rotation too, though, right? Well, we'll see what Embiid does if he's healthy. My boy Drew Hanlon is out there working with uh, Embiid and got him looking right. So I'm curious to see what goes on with him. Um, Okafor is painful to watch. He was painful to watch at Duke. But he's your traditional back-to-the-basket player. But I would just like to watch it from the standpoint of um, <clears throat> Ben Simmons and seeing what he does. MB is healthy. He's a healthy tweeter. We know that much. We don't know if he's a healthy basketball player. We haven't known that for two years. I'm telling you, my boy Drew Hanlon, pure sweat basketball, basketball trainer to the stars. He got MB looking right. Okay. And Jordan Clarkson. So. We'll see, man. We'll see. So my team is some a team that uh, Chris, you stole my team, man. Joker, you thought you were gonna steal Jay Hart's, man. But I'm I'm really intrigued by the Bucks, dude. I was last year before they even picked up Manu Bowl. I mean Don Maker. Um, but dude, they have the <laughs> longest the the longest team in the league and I watched this dude in summer league I'm like yeah he might be 27 years old he actually may be add that to a lineup of Giannis and all those other cats man I'm in like I wish I could watch those guys play they're right up the road from here in Chicago so hopefully I get more games but I'm not gonna do league pass myself if any of y'all want to start a GoFundMe for me hook me up man hook a brother up do you go to any games? No. I can't go to the United Center with that nasty statue out there. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. You can't put no respect on Mike's name. He's a disgusting human being. Hey, but I'll tell you who I really want to see play this year. It's your boy in San Antonio. Deontay Murray. Oh, yeah. I I can't wait to watch him play because I think he's got I don't know what Pop's going to do with him. He's probably going to put the screws on him a little bit because, you know, he get a little wild and out of control. But I I think if Pop gets him right, you might have your next great point guard there in San Antonio. We just might. We just might. I'm definitely uh, hoping that that's the case. He's sitting behind a couple of different guards there. But maybe he. Don't gets- nobody want to see the Spurs play 82 games a year. Wow, petty. Yeah, I didn't say I didn't say I wanted to see the team. I just want to see Murray. Chris, your new name is Petty Wop. <laughs> now let's move on to since we were talking about Jordan, let's talk about the Olympics and talk about goats. Okay, greatest of all time. And there's been a debate recently because yesterday. Just yesterday, my boy, you guys know I'm half Jamaican, right? Like, real talk, for real, for real. Like, you can make jerk chicken? No, like, I've never been to Jamaica, but my dad's Jamaican. 
Okay, okay. So I'm a, I'm a legit Jamaican, but I'm not really Jamaican. My wife probably is more Jamaican than I I am because she's been more than me. Uh, bruh, Jamaican me crazy with that. Come on now. <laughs> well, whatever. In any event, Usain Bolt was in the 100-meter finals yesterday at the Olympics, and apparently nobody else was in the finals because they might have started one way, but Bolt decided that he was going to turn on the burners and win the 100-meter final for, what, the third Olympic straight? Is this what it is? So the question becomes, we talked about Phelps last week. Who do you consider the greatest Olympian of all time? Was Bolt's feet even greater than what your boy Michael Phelps did? What do you think, C. Last? Oh, uh, you're going to throw it on me first, huh? I mean... When you have a podcast, like the whole idea is we wanted to come out and give strong opinions about things that we were excited about. Like, man, like if I'm being 100 percent honest, if I give you a strong opinion one way or the other, it would just be for the podcast. I really it is a coin flip. They are both two all inspiring athletes. But I'll tell you what, man. um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see the clip where the Baltimore Ravens stopped the game to watch the Phelps race and the crowd, there was just so much electricity. I'm like, man, like this guy is all inspiring. So then like when I saw that race, I was kind of like Phelps. Then I watched this dude Bolt who acted like for the first 50 yards, he might not feel like racing. And then all of a sudden he seen people, even when I was like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be running and then just ran past everybody and i was like yo like there's no way you could be tied at 50 yards and then just dust everybody it was like he was the first one to look out the corner of his eye and notice that a rottweiler was behind your crew and just darted out and i was like yo no one can be that much faster than the rest of the fastest like the like you can't be that much faster than justin gatlin in real life so i mean I think if I'm honest, my answer changes every time I watch one of them compete. All right. Jay Hart, what you got? You know, I'm kind of like Chris. It's a coin flip. But if if I will go on record as saying if Bolt does the triple triple, if he wins the 200, which he should, he's favored in it. I think that's his best event. And the Jamaican team wins a four by one. So you're telling me he's in nine events and goes nine for nine with nine gold medals like. Even Phelps didn't do that. Like, I know Phelps has a tremendous amount of, of gold, but what Bold is doing has never, ever, ever been done. Like, most people win the 100 once, the 200 once. He's done it three straight Olympics. And he's about to turn 30. He had a horrible start and just ran by people and then looked at the camera like he was the roadrunner, like, beep, beep, like, that that dude is he's amazing but I mean my son my oldest son used to swim and I know how difficult that is too and the endurance you have to have for that and I I just I don't know man I, I it's a hard 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 decision to make if I had to if you made me choose and said life or death I'd go with both um, but I think Michael Phelps will be your 1A, and I know you don't like that, Jay Rich. But um, I don't do letters, man. I'm, I'm committal. I'm black or white, man. You you go gray on me all the time. 
Hey, that, that's what that's what mixed people do. We're in the middle. We go <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so here's my thing. OK, I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day and he made an interesting point. Shout out to Donovan Waller, the homie from Ohio who uh, likes those Buckeyes for some reason. I don't know why. Um, so he was saying that Bolt is much better and that Bolt is the greatest Olympian of all time and that Phelps achievements have to be looked at in context because in his eyes, every time we have an African-American who puts in the time, effort, and training to do a particular sport. Your girl, Simone, in gymnastics, Gabby in gymnastics, Serena in tennis, then they tend to excel. And because of the lack of training, the lack of pool time for a lot of African-Americans, it's interesting, there was a survey done many years ago, about 2011 or so, and they surveyed about a group of kids, a, a high group of kids, and it says that just under 70% of them said that they have no or low ability to swim. And just the entry point there in swimming uh, for African-Americans is pretty low in terms of the participation rate. So he argued that, man, Bolt is running against all the fastest dudes on the planet, and the entry point is low there. All you got to do is run a straight line. But with swimming, got to have a pool, all that good stuff. And so he argued that because of that, Bolt is better. I don't know if I buy it. Like, I, I really do think Phelps achieved a ton over his Olympic career. But again, like you said, man, just watching Bolt and watching, watching the electricity and watching the fact that he, he, at the end, he let up. Phelps didn't let up in the pool. Like, he won by milliseconds. Bolt let up while he was running so it might be both he always let up while he running that's what i'm saying like he could run a eight one <laughs> i don't understand why he wouldn't try it at least once but the fact that he's in his third olympics and he still looks as good as he did in the first one it's it's just amazing to me man it's like fam crazy. you only been running for nine seconds why are you letting up like you can't be tired like you see what I'm saying? Like, that's just your that's event just, only lasts ten seconds, and your longest event lasts twenty seconds. Like, fam, like just run, run through yeah. the whole thing. He wasn't tired. It's just the bravado, man. Like, dude, I can do this and still win this race. Let me ask y'all this though: If they both performing at the same time, all three of us is going to see uh, Bolt run and not Phelps swim, right? Man, yes. I'm not going to no pool. Take me to the track. I want to see Usain Bolt with the gold sneakers. It's like Michael Johnson, man. Everybody stopped to walk, watch that man run the 400 because that was just that moment. Like He owned that Olympics. Bolt owned this Olympics to some degree. I mean, you know, Simone's and gymnastics did it early on. But everybody knew what we were looking forward to. 100-meter dash, period. I might be biased, but and this is coming from somebody who's a former lifeguard. So I love swimming, but yo, you really think you are Tim Duncan, fam? Hey, look, <laughs> listen. If you could, if you could watch the men's gold hoops team win the national, like win the gold, or watch 
Bolt Run, then what you going to? I'm watching Bolt Run. I don't care about the men's U.S. basketball team because they're going to win it regardless. I can watch Look. them. Here. I can watch them here stateside, man. It's if you if you're saying the '92 team, yes, this team, garbage. Not only garbage, hot garbage. I'm just asking you, like, if you were live, Jay Hart, you could chime in. If you had a chance to watch, um, if you had a chance to watch Bolt Phelps or the Dream Team, which one are you going? If you're live and you can just walk over to the village and go to one event, which one are you walk into? Which Dream Team? If it's this 90, one. oh, 92, I, I know where I'm going right now. I'm going to watch Bolt Run. Like, and I'm a, I love basketball, but like, I don't. Like want to watch these dudes play live. I want to see the fastest man on the planet. And I don't even know. It's kind of insulting to even call this team a dream team. <laughs> a dream team without LeBron, Steph Curry on it is not a dream team. Sorry. Not going to happen. You guys may know that the CHH movement was huge in discipling me from a distance um, and really teaching me a lot about learning um the Christian walk in the urban context. And one of the biggest groups for me was cross movement. Then right after that, on the heels of that was reach and integral to both of those groups um, was DJ official who passed away. We learned of his passing away on Sunday after a long battle with lots of medical complications. Um, Our family had been praying for him. It's just been a sobering time. It's been amazing. Um, just some of the stuff that he said about going through it, that he wouldn't trade it for anyone because of the closeness that brought him to Christ. And just seeing so many different artists come out and share their official stories has been, um, it's just been really painful and joyous. I just think of the verse, um, we mourn, but not as those without hope. Um, I just love the guy. Um, when cross movement, um, was doing their thing, they actually came around our area on several different occasions and i was able to uh, do some media stuff for them got to hang out backstage at one particular show and do some of the camera work for them um just always had a ton of respect for those guys got to know official just a little bit in that capacity on that day not as well as i've um conversed with a couple of the other ones in locations here and there don't say i know any of them greatly but um just always have admired that guy and really saddened at his passing. Um, but just in the awe of the legacy that he left. So that's kind of my spill on that. I think back to one of the first Christian hip hop CDs that Chris gave me and it was human emergency. Um, and wow. I mean, it just, it kind of turned my life upside down too. Um, you know, and I, I followed, um, official on Twitter and like just the way he, um, he interacted with people and folks and like, he'd throw stuff out online. I was like, anybody want to play call of duty or, you know, just, um, he was very real about the struggles he was going through. Um, I, you know, it, it, my heart hurts for his family. Um, but I think he also had a piece going in, um, based on his last tweet, I think he knew um, where his heavenly home was going to be. I I think he um, had a piece about it knowing that, you know, it's been a long struggle. Um, It doesn't take away the pain. 
but um man I, I just I can't even you know it's like one of the legends of CHH has has gone and um like I don't even know what what to do or say and you know I played intermission um today uh, so it, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like wow like life is real um but we're thankful that we have a hope uh, an, an eternal hope so so I um it's it's crazy because so DJ official is was part of the one one six crew six crew and he always to me it always seemed like everybody else got the shine and he was okay with that um you know DJs don't normally uh get shine but they always have the ability to to move people and you know just even through discipleship i i, I just had a you know a respect for him just seeing the way he kind of lived that public life and going through his threads and seeing the hope that he had even through this ordeal. I mean, just imagine this man is was 39 years old, 39 years young, and um, just having that peace and that hope in Christ is a witness even to the world now. So even with Reach sharing his story and, and Lecrae sharing his story, my prayer is that other peoples would, would come to faith by the faithful life that he didn't live, even with all the questions of, hey, I'm 39, why? Why is this happening? So um, prayers to him and his family. And um, we definitely want to also share um, that Reach is going to be selling one of his albums on their website, Intermission, and giving 100% of the proceeds to his family. So. We'll include a link in the show notes so that you guys can go and check it out and you might be able to bless the family in the process and then hear some good music from a brother who is going to be sorely missed. So we appreciate his life, appreciate all that he's done. Mine just is like, I just want to live a life that matters and impacts people, touches people. And um, hopefully people will have that witness about me that um, they were that much closer to Christ because of the way I live my life. Amen. So we're now going to enter a segment that we like to call Sorry We Missed That. And these are stories that may have happened years ago before the podcast even got on and popping. And we were thinking, oh, man, we wish we would have had the podcast around then. But we could still address it after the fact. So that's why we call this Sorry We Missed That. And this go around, we're going to do an Olympic edition and talk about Gabby Douglas's hair issues last olympics apparently people got into her edges a whole lot more than they should have been and not worried about her winning gold medals but worried about who her, her hairstylist is and people were brutal and it reared its ugly head again in 2016 in rio when her and her fellow gymnast simone were pictured with some rough edges now for listeners who might not know what edges are, uh, my wife had to kind of school me on the game. They are, um, I guess, roots of the African American <laughs> <laughs> African American hair genre that need to be uh, maintained from time to time. 
But truth be told, when you sweat, your edges are going to do that if you are of the African-American persuasion. So people didn't really understand that. They, they expected them to have that fresh hairstyle out of the hair salon. And it's just not going to happen. So it happened in 2012, happened in 2016. What's going on with this edges conversation? See, last Jay Hart. I, I mean, who cares? That's that's what like here are role models here. Are people you've been asking, like um, one of the laments of our community is not just um, that people aren't seeing us in the Imago day, but like things like we aren't seeing each other in the Imago day. And here are people we can point to and say, like, ah, look what you can achieve. And the best we can come up with is, yeah, they want a gold medal, but what about that hair? Like that just that like just even just saying it out loud now, it just sounds so preposterous. Like, yes, like you are you are a role model for us all. But what is going on with your hairline? Like, like, come on, fam, we can do better than that. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, look, now you you all know that Simone Manuel, she was in that pool, that chlorine, them chemicals that tore up her hair. Ain't nobody saying not one word about her edges. Ain't nobody saying nothing about her hair. She had that cap on, man. Yeah, but she took it off and then she was standing there in the interview, you know, head all wet. And you know, black women, they don't, you start getting hair wet like that, they like, come on now, my head's looking a mess. I don't care. <laughs> I, and it, you know, it's like, I almost feel like sometimes it's like if people don't have something to nitpick at, like they have nothing else to say. So it's like, hey, let's nitpick it. You know, the fact that her edges are messed up. I mean, I ain't bring up the fact that when the women's hundred meters was over, it looked like the unbelievable event. But I mean, hey, like. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to have to edit that, man. We have some female listeners who might have <laughs> might have some extensions. Um, <laughs> no. <but okay>. like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's. Who cares? I'm with Chris. Like, who really cares? Like, here's what I here's what I do care about. When you mention Simone Manuel, okay, I'm gonna go back to this pool thing because I swam all the time growing up, and the fact that African Americans really didn't get access to recreational pools until after the 70s, 60s, 70s, like we're behind. It's like the education system, right? When it finally desegregated, we kind of had to play catch up. And I feel like the same thing happens in the swimming space because I'm like, Simone, where did she come from? Because I never see African-Americans in Olympic pools. It just doesn't happen. So my hope is, forget the edges, my hope is that young black girls have seen what she's done in the pool and that they commit themselves to doing the same thing, that we overcome that stereotype that we can't swim and allow these young black girls to get in the pool and do their black girl magic. That's I can't swim, fam. So that ain't no stereotype with me. Dang, <laughs> really, the, man? That's just the real deal. Uh -oh. Jay Hart, you, can you swim? Oh, yes, sir. I love okay, you, that's because you were mixed. Yeah, well, it, the whole time you were going on and on about this, I was wondering if Chris was really going to let that out. But I wasn't going to throw it out there. But dang, you know. see, lads, we got to get you. We got to get you right, man. Don't worry, we'll get you right before uh, before next summer. My parents did. They tried to give me swim lessons. I failed them joints like three times. 
That's that's terrible. terrible. Trying to, they kept trying to get me to jump in head first. I was like, wow, <laughs> well, my feet work just the same. Like, why can't I go in this way? This makes more sense to me. This guy I'm trying to he, crack my melon. He said he failed swimming lessons three times. How you oh, fail swimming God. lessons, man? Because you got to do certain <laughs> things to get your certification, and I didn't get it. Dang, man. That sounds like a sore spot. Here's what we're going to do, okay? I'm going to help you out, man. I'm going to work with you. I might even come down to Stanton to the half pool that y'all have in the entire community and try to help you, man, pass uh, your swim lessons. I'm going to stop you right there because we got two, buddy, now. Wow. Right. We got pools on pools on pools. Hey, we're gonna, we, what we're going to do is we're going to rename the podcast All Roads Lead to Stanton <laughs> and see yes. how that works out. Man, hey, but it's about look, time you got on our level. Like, I'm glad. You know what? This has been really refreshing tonight that you finally figured it out, Jay Rich. Oh Lord. Hey, like, listen. Like, the podcast people need to know this, yeah. The old Cleveland Cavaliers gym floor resides in a high school, private high school gym in Staten. And me and Jay, when we go get up shots, we're going to get up shots on NBA floors. Jay Rich, you still you you a rec league all star, but if you want to be a uh, Top tier rec league all star. You gotta come with us. We balling on NBA floors down here. Yo, this dude said the old Cleveland Cavs floor is in Stanton, and I'm supposed to be excited about it. Hey, if you look look close enough on the floor, you can still see Craig Elo's tears after Jordan hit the jumper. (laughs) I listen. I can see if you said like the old parquet from the Garden. But this dude said the Cleveland Cavaliers floor. Man, I can't, man. All right, we're going to do what we're reading, what we're listening to, because that was great. Uh, What are you guys reading and listening to these days? This segment, we're sharing what we're reading, what we're listening to, so that our listeners um, can look at some of the resources that we've been using over the past week or so. So what you guys been reading, what y'all been listening to? Um, I found a classic that I started going through. Um, my wife was cleaning out our storage unit and she brought home a tub full of books and she was getting ready to trash them. I'm glad I opened up the box and went through them. Um, pulled out Wayne Gruden's systematic theology. Started reading some, some parts from that. Um, Chris, were you in, were you with us? when we met with one of the pastors from well, my current church and Chris's old church, when we did the book study, when we did. Yep. Systematic. Yeah. All 1154 pages. Yeah, buddy. So I started, uh, just started uh, reading through that again, certain parts, there were parts that I had highlighted. So it's kind of refreshing to go back through after, I don't know how many years, but just to see what we were talking about and, and going through. So that's been refreshing. And um, as of today, Bumping that DJ official intermission album. Um, y'all need to go get it. Support him. Support his family. Um, it, it just it kind of puts everything into perspective. Um, and I'm glad that he left a a piece of him um, that we can all appreciate. So for me, I'm listening. I'm still reading through um, this book by Tony Evans, man. And I always knew he was a great communicator. Um, but the book was a little bit more scholarly than I expected. And it is, um, it is rocking me and, um, it's kind of messing with me some, man. Um, one of the things that he said that's really been messing with me and I've been praying with my wife about it, um, was he was like, 
one of the things that happened when we didn't understand like the roots of black theology um and then we got introduced to sound theology by like um like white evangelicals he said we took a lot of good from that he said but one of the bad things we did is start thumbing down our nose at the uh black church and viewing its theology as inferior but we didn't really have like like any lens to look at it through to understand how it became how it became and so we began to despise it and then we we left those churches and went to other places but to do that we kind of left the grounds where we should be ministering and um a lot of that resonated with me and so i've just been praying through that um definitely repenting some and um just kind of saying all right lord now what does this mean in my life so that's been good and also just rocking that dj official intermission i think that's kind of where everybody's at this like you kind of got to it's kind of like when michael jackson died all my neighborhood all you heard was beat it so for believers who grew up in that chh movement i think intermission has to be that album right now yeah i um have been well reading well i've been listening to your boy Sinclair Ferguson on John's Gospel and Jesus Jesus's farewell discourse. He has like a twelve session study on it, and uh, I just like Ferguson, man. Not just his accent, but the bush. <laughs> if you will notice the bush, <laughs> just the way he approaches text, man. I, I really appreciate his treatment of him. So been. Uh, walking through that and, and listening to that. And what I've been reading uh, is a short little book called 100 Most Important Events in Christian History. And just uh, reading it and trying to discern why they might have left out some other events that might have been important as well, but also appreciating kind of just that overall what someone else thinks the hundred top 100 events in Christian history are. So I think that's pretty cool. I I did not play any official today because I was out grilling some steaks and some some chicken, and I got the A one steak sauce, fellas. Boo! Um, but I definitely will will chop up, chop it up with some official tomorrow um, on the way to work. So, all right, man. Closing shout outs, man. Shout out to Selden Park Pool, man. That's where I learned how to swim. It was right next to a big old big old paper and pulp mill factory. But that pool was where I learned to swim. So shout out to Selden Park, man. Shout out to Westside Swim Club where I failed swim lessons. <laughs> First of many failures in life. Hey, shout out to the old dirt gravel track at my high school where I ran the 400 and grew my appreciation for track and field. What was your fastest time? Uh, 51. I only know what that means in the context, but it sounds okay. It sounds uh, okay. Uh, okay is about right. <laughs> For yeah. a high school kid, 50, 51 is okay. Um, but, you know, kids now running 49, so. Hey, man, shout out to Ms. Lassiter for keeping us on the straight and narrow for the social justice issues on this podcast, man. Appreciate your wife, C. Lass. Thank Absolutely. You. Shout She's out to C. Lass for bringing me Jamaican food for lunch today. Shut oh, up she, the job with Jamaican food. She hooked you up? Yep, there that's, it is. That still don't mean you're going to run a sub-10 100-meter dash. Sorry, no, buddy. I, I got a better chance of eating a sub than running sub-10 <laughs> something. Wow. So. 
And on that note, we close. (laughs) (laughs) This has been episode 15 of the Boxing One Podcast. Make sure you head over and follow us on Twitter at Boxing One Podcast. And go over to iTunes. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in each week. We'll see you all next week. Peace out. Peace.